Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's me, Troy Francis. It is Friday, the 21st of December, so we're nearly getting there, nearly at Christmas. And this is probably, well, this is actually the last podcast that I will put out before Christmas. I will probably be doing one again next week, in Christmas week, as we're coming up to the new year. Uh, But this is the last one before Christmas. But I'm not going on a particularly... Christmassy theme, I'm afraid, if you were hoping for jingle bells and all of that kind of thing, Santa coming down your chimney. Not going to be like that. We're going to talk today about the unimportance of being earnest. So we're going to get into that, the unimportance of being earnest. Any parish notices from me? Um, Lots of planning for next year, actually, at the moment. Really sitting down, going through some things, going through some of my old content, going looking at uh, various other things and trying to think about how I'm going to structure next year. Because as you all have seen, there's various different uh, things that I'm doing now. Obviously, I've got this podcast, which we're back on a weekly format with. I've also got YouTube and I'm starting to try to build YouTube. It's very small at the moment, but I'm putting up a couple of videos a week with just me sitting in a dressing gown talking about stuff. So do head to my YouTube channel. Well, you might be listening to this on YouTube actually, but if you're not, do head to my YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button. And obviously if you're on there, hit subscribe now. Because The idea is that going into 2019, I will be maintaining that. I will be doing my, well, at the moment, I'm looking at two videos a week, talking about different things, talking about game, talking about dating, and other issues coming off of that. I will be writing on the website, but probably less frequently. And I'm really kind of loathe, I'm still trying to make up my mind about this, because I love to write. Writing is my main mode of communication really I think it's the thing that I'm best at but on the other hand I am thinking of rather than doing a daily article which I've been doing for a long time now maybe a couple of years I'm thinking of bringing it back down to maybe once or twice a week but doing a longer form piece of content where I really get deep into a particular topic so I'm looking at that but I'm not sure yet quite how that's going to go. There's also a load of work I need to do on the site because I've got something like 600 articles. I think there's something like 700 articles or something in total, including drafts. So you can't see them all, but but you know there's a, there's a hell of a lot of old content there. And I'm trying to go through and improve the SEO on those old articles and sort of update them, tweak them, change images, things like that. So I want to be doing that as well. So what I'll probably be doing is updating a couple of articles a week and then putting in a new article uh, a new longer form article as well. So that's sort of what I'm thinking. And I do have another couple of initiatives coming up. I'm going to be doing another online course, which I'm going to be building in January. And that is going to be much more related to the dating game side of things. So there'll be more news on that soon. And I'm also looking at doing a subscription model for some new material that I'm going to be putting out. So again, watch this space. I think you're going to find this very exciting. I know I certainly am. So I'm looking at sort of just slightly different ways of doing things. And this sort of content subscription model, I think you're going to like. So rather than at the beginning of last year, I was basically writing a book a month, which is, you know, pretty labor intensive, but I'm glad that I did it because I've now got 10 books out there. But 
This year, I'm going to be doing it slightly differently, but it's still going to be based around writing. So anyway, look, that's quite a long introduction, and I will move off that now. But to let you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. I'll be announcing it properly in the next week or so, maybe around New Year, actually. And yeah, we'll take it from there. But lots to look forward to in the world of Troy Francis and being a renegade playboy and all of that good stuff. And that brings me nearer, perhaps, to the topic of the podcast, which is the unimportance of being earnest. Now, what we are seeing at the moment, or certainly what I'm seeing a lot of at the moment, because I'm at the coalface of this, really, working on social media, working online, creating content, interacting with a lot of people online, is that there is a real wave of earnestness out there in the online men's community. And I suppose what I'm talking about here really is the TradCon approach to life, to dating, to sex, to relationships, and so on and so forth. And to be transparent up front, I've never been a very earnest sort of a person. I'm much more, I don't want to say anarchic, but I'm, I'm, not somebody who likes to play by the rules. I'm not somebody who likes to just accept sort of passed down wisdom or truths as though they are gospel. And in that sense, I'm quite irreverent. I'm quite anarchic. I like to overturn things. I like to be an irritant. I like to be a thorn in the side, you know. And what we're seeing, and it's really strange because the men's online community, in my experience of it, and I've been involved with it for, I don't know, 14 years now, something like that. It came from a fairly, it was a real underground thing at first, and obviously it still is, but it was, a. I got into it, as a lot of people do, because I wanted to get better at dating. You know, I wanted to improve my dating prospects. I wanted to meet new girls I just moved back to London, so I wanted to increase my social circle, become more confident, have sex with some cute girls, all of those kind of things. And so I stumbled upon this online world, really, of guys who were talking about those issues. And I've talked before on this show and on other shows about the London, the LSS, as it was called, the London Seduction Society, (laughs) which is a kind of embarrassing name for the thing, but uh, which was a forum where a lot of guys would congregate and talk about uh, techniques for dating, how they'd met new girls, the the kinds of places they were going to to meet girls, what they were saying, what they were doing, all of this stuff. And it was really good. It was really supportive. It wasn't some weird, well, it was a bit weird, actually, but it wasn't some dark kind of, you know, dodgy thing. It It was guys supporting one another, helping one another to get better, to get better results, and so on and so forth. There were... However, some pretty interesting characters on there, let's say. And it also spawned, again, as I said before, a number of well-known people in the dating industry like Tom Torero, Adam Lyons, Gambler, uh, various other guys that you all have heard of were, were on that forum and then you know, went out and developed their career. So Bexter, who is Mysteries, Wingman now, uh, Steve Jabber was on there. Lots and lots of people who you you may know if you're familiar with that particular scene. But it always had a feeling of, 
I mean, Fight Club had come out in what 99 this was like the early 2000s so it was still kind of fight club was still kind of fairly fresh in people's memories and of course then you got people like owen cook from rsd calling himself tyler durden so and and obviously in fight club you've got that anarchic sense of a revolutionary sort of group and that was a bit like how it felt and that was something that attracted me to it in a way because this was this underground thing that nobody really knew very much about it was sort of secret but at the same time, apart from some oddballs, and I'm not saying I wasn't one of them, but there were certainly some oddballs around, you would also meet some really cool guys, some really decent, solid people, and you would get great advice, and friendships were born, and camaraderie, and all the rest of it. What we seem to find nowadays, and I think this is part of a larger cultural shift, which we're all aware of, which is the... I suppose, ascendance of right-wing sentiment in politics and in culture generally, and that's a global thing that's happening everywhere, so, you know, won't go into that too much, but that started to come into the men's sphere. So, while in the early days we had these websites and these blogs and posts on forums saying, this is how you meet cute girls, this is how you go to Tiger Tiger in Leicester Square and you can meet a really hot girl and maybe you can make out with her or you can get her phone number or you can even have a one night stand with her on that night or you can date her or whatever you know it was all kind of youthful innocence it was quite exciting it was the desire to have sex it was sort of hedonic in that sense it wasn't about making the world a better place it wasn't about being an upstanding citizen or anything like that it was about having fun and pleasure and you know largely through sex, but also through socialising, going out, partying, all that kind of thing. Um, fast forward, and as I said, with for many, many years, we had the liberal ideology, if you like, in, in control in the culture. And I think what we're seeing now, and we all know it, is that that is starting to be eroded and conservative and right-wing feeling is now in the ascendance and liberalism is being challenged. Now, whether or not you think that's a good thing, and I don't comment either way because I, I always fall somewhere in the middle, but whether or not you believe that's a good thing, it's happening and it's affected the men's websites. And I think there's that and I think there's something else as well, which is, to be frank, a lot of guys who were originally involved with this space have simply got older. I've got older. You know, I started this stuff in my late 20s or something. I'm now in my 40s. So one's life changes over a period of time. One's desire, levels of libido, to be frank, change over a period of time. One's aspirations, goals, and all of those kinds of things. But what I've seen in people around me, what I've seen in guys around me, is a more uh, marked change than I've experienced myself. And I don't you know, I don't say this is a bad thing. I don't see, say these are bad people and I'm some kind of, you know, I'm anything special. You, you might well want to argue it the other way around. I don't know. We'll see. But what I've seen uh, in guys in the, the dating game community is that many, many, many of them, probably a majority of them really, have kind of settled down. You know, they've got to that point where they're in their late 30s 40s they want to have kids they perhaps tired of in inverted commas the game they want to meet somebody to 
create some kind of a family life together with of some form. And that happens across the board. And let's be frank, there's no surprise that that happens because it's a pretty natural, it's the standard narrative, isn't it? That is what most people do. That is what most men in the end aspire to. And there's a very well-known classic sort of path for a guy, isn't there? Which is you are a player in your youth, you sow your wild oats and then you find a good woman, in inverted commas, and you settle down and you have a family and you, yeah, you do all of that and you do different things. Now, uh, sorry, you, you have the family and then you start to concentrate on different things. So you become more career-orientated. Your, your focus moves from chasing hedonism to looking after your family, to providing for your family and all of that stuff, which is fine, but it's not the choice for everyone. But what we are finding, therefore, because there's this, as I say, there's this kind of meta-level right-wingification of culture, and there is also the point that men are, these men who are involved with this community are starting to get older and they're starting to get to that age where they want to settle down. The effects of that, in terms of the content they're putting out, is that it's becoming very earnest and it's becoming very preachy. And it's becoming... I don't want to be sort of unfair here, but it's becoming sort of like some of these guys are justifying personal decisions they've made with a kind of virtue-signalling justification that I, I sometimes wonder whether is fully genuine or not. So you will get guys saying things like, well, you must meet a good woman and have a family because you are doing your bit for society or you are helping to save Western civilization, in inverted commas, or you are, you know, it's the right thing to do, basically, is the underlying thing. And then, if you don't do it, then you are doing, obviously, the wrong thing. You are, and, you know, and it's kind of staggering the arguments that people will use in this regard. They will say things like, I had somebody the other day was saying, if you don't settle down and get married and you remain a player into your 40s, whatever, then people are going to think badly of you. People are going to think you are like the creepy uncle. You are a bit of a weirdo. You're an outlier in society. And you don't want people to think badly of you. So you should do this societally approved thing that everyone else is doing. Now, to me, that seems staggering. Because here we are having a community where supposedly guys are extolling the virtue of being their own men or being, I don't like the word, but being alpha, in inverted commas, being strong and independent and willing to stand alone and all the rest of it. And now you have guys saying, actually, you better just do what the herd's doing because otherwise people are going to think you're weird. Well, sorry, but fuck that. That is completely contrary to everything that I believe about how masculinity should be, and not even masculinity, how human beings should be in general. If we are 
reduced to a level where we're doing things because other people expect us to do things, then I don't think we're living fully actualized lives. I think that is, to be, to be polite, an invalid argument for why you should do something. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't get married, have a family, have children, whatever. If you want to do those things, that's absolutely fine. And look, it is... <laughs> Even I can't argue away the fact that it is our biological imperative to do, well, certainly to have offspring. But what I do object to is the earnestness around the discourse and this sense that if you choose to go a different path, then you are somehow flawed or you are a weak man boy or you're not manning up and all this kind of stuff. All of that is subjective it's virtue signaling and frankly it's bullshit because i did a post this week on twitter talking about some of the people who remain bachelors for life and who uh didn't end up having kids and there are people like beethoven on there leonardo da vinci nietzsche uh you know various others and to say that those men had meaningless lives because they they weren't marry because they didn't have children is to me absurd and, and actually you could argue it the other way around because generally speaking and I know there are counter arguments to this so don't send them in to me because I'm aware of them already but generally speaking a life of domesticity which is what family life by definition is leads to mediocrity so what you get is the guy who gets married pop out a couple of kids with his wife, gets a bit fat, goes for beers at the weekend, watches the Super Bowl, gets a job that he doesn't really like, and, you know, that's kind of it, really. Um, now, he's had children, so he has passed on his genetic legacy. Well, great, okay, good for him. But what does that really mean? You know, he's going to die in a few years. And yes... He may have his children there at his deathbed and he will have some happy memories and things. But once he's dead, it's not really going to matter that he's passed on his genetic legacy. It's certainly not going to matter to him. Has he self-actualized, to use that rather hippie-ish term, in doing that? I don't know. I would say somebody like Beethoven, who wrote all of that great music, has in his life, expressed himself more fully than the guy who had a couple of kids. Does that make sense? Somebody who's dedicated their life to a mission other than family. And I, I mean, you know, you make no mistake, you could do that and you could absolutely fail. Um, there's no doubt about that. But the people that do it successfully and leave something of artistic worth for humanity... For a start, I don't think you can say, or, or, sorry, artistic or scientific or philosophical or, uh, you know, any, any other discipline really, but leave something of value. Can we say that their lives are meaningless? I don't think that we can. Could we, on the contrary, argue that their lives are more meaningful than the people who merely reproduced and led unexceptional lives and then died? I think there's a case to be made for that, to be honest. 
you know, because let's face it, as much as people will earnestly talk up the nobility and the courage and the and the valor required to be a family man, the truth is the bar is exceptionally low, and we all know that. You know, you don't need to be, you know, it, 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 you you don't need intelligence. You don't need uh, any special talent. You don't need any, uh, you know, social position. You don't need any ability to. You, you know, anybody basically can be a parent. It's not that difficult. And so, you know, to dress it up, and I, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a parent. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a natural thing. It's, a, it's, it's a, the most, you know, the most natural thing in the world. But to dress it up as being sort of heroic or valorous or noble or you know all of this stuff is, frankly, just bullshit. Really. I mean, yes, do that if you want to do that. But what should be more important to you, to you. As, a, as an individual, as an individual human being with a finite amount of time on the planet to change things, to make a difference, to get your, to get yourself out there, you should be having something. You should have something else. You should have an art. You should have a mission. You should have something that you really fucking want to do. Because yes, you can have great children, and they may be amazing individuals, and they may go on to do great things themselves. But what about you? <laughs> you know, it's, so you, you need to. Think of the way, and, and okay, let me try and frame this in a way to, to make it clearer what I mean. I think about this in terms of writing and other artistic endeavors, and that is your consciousness is unique. Your conscious, subconscious take on the world, on existence, on life is entirely unique. Nobody else sees life in exactly the same way that you do because nobody else has had precisely the same combination of experiences, of love, of loss, of emotions, of passion, of anger, of sadness, of betrayal, of uh, valor, of harmony, of friendship, of kinsmanship with your community. All of those individual distinct things that you've experienced – Nobody else has experienced them in quite the same configuration as you have. And that is incredibly valuable. And you could be a dustman, you could be a bloke living in a, in a box on Shaftesbury Avenue in London, or you could be the Queen. It doesn't matter. You know, you're, wherever you're coming from, you have something very unique. And I believe that it is the duty of all of us to find a way to externalize that, to, 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 to put that out there. Now, in a small way, and look, I mean, I'm saying all this stuff, and now I'm being earnest, and I'm telling people what to do. And I mean, you know, I, I, clearly I'm imperfect at this. I mean, I am somebody who puts out writing, I put, I put out books, I put out content, and I try to, in doing that, I, you know, my, my main concern, obviously, I want to make a living from it and stuff. But my main concern is to connect with other people through sharing something that is very personal to me. And I hope that on occasion I've done that successfully. Now, have I done anything great? Have I written a Nobel Prize winning book? No, of course not. You know, will I ever? Maybe not. I don't know. Probably not. But I I hope that I do. I would certainly strive towards creating work that is great, that affects people, that changes people's lives. And to me, and, and, and the way that I would do that would be to share something that's, you know, my own unique take on things, my own unique um, 
way of looking at the world. And that can be through fiction, it can be through an article about how to meet girls, it can be through an essay, it can be through a video, a podcast, anything, you know. The form doesn't matter so much as externalizing what is unique to you and giving it to other people because that is your gift. Now, <clears throat> do you do that through having a kid? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I am the product of my, my parents. I have bits of my father in me. I have bits of my mother in me. I can see them both. So in that sense, my parents have passed on their something of themselves and that's gone into society and that is now making a change because you know I'm making this podcast and I'm putting this content out there so so yeah you know you do by having kids but I don't think it's the most direct way I don't think it's the sole way that you're going to do it I think that you need to think about your life as an individual fuck society fuck saving Western civilization, put all that stuff out of your mind for now and just think about yourself as an individual. How are you impacting on the world? Do you really want to live and die without giving anything, without, without revealing anything of that secret hidden treasure that's within you as it's within all of us because you are a unique human being? Do you want to go to your grave without revealing that and without gifting that to the world in some way? You know, you think of Shakespeare, who has been dead for hundreds of years, who gifted the world with all of those great stories, all of that great language, the poetry, the drama, the passion of those plays, of the, of the sonnets. Um, if he'd have just had kids and not done any of that stuff, he would still have been, I'm sure, you know, a, a fine man. He would still have had all that stuff in him, but it would never have been passed on. And... You know, as much as it's important that Shakespeare had relationships and, and a family, that's not the thing that anyone remembers him for. They remember him for the work. So my point in all of this is always the work, whatever that is for you, should come first. The other stuff, fine, take it or leave it. What I would say is that domestication in particular is time-consuming and it is tiring and it's expensive and you need to weigh up if in doing that you're also going to be able to do the other stuff and maybe you can you know there are guys who say to me yeah but I've got 10 kids and you know I'm working three jobs and I've still done this and this and this well okay fine that's great I suspect you're an outlier but if you can do it all then do it all but you need to think very carefully and you need to prioritize now I've prioritized up to this point in a way that has favoured my work over personal relationships. That's just a choice that I've made. I've made, you know, I've made content about this before, but I was um, living with somebody a couple of years ago. I probably, well, I know she certainly wanted to go down the engagement and marriage route and all of that. I could have gone on that path. I pulled myself out of that situation. I chose not to. Was that the right decision? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I have to say I think, it, I think it was. I have to say I think it was because right now I'm doing stuff that I've always really wanted to do and I, did, I couldn't see a way of getting there when I was with that person. Um, if I don't have children, and let's face it, I'm not getting any younger, so it's probably becoming less likely that I will. Will I regret it? Maybe. I saw a post by 
uh, a blogger, the blogger uh, Nash, Days of Game, I saw a post by him on Twitter. It may have been in response to one of my tweets, actually, where he said, I may regret, he's 45, he said, I may regret having children. Well, yeah, you know, maybe I will. Does that mean it's imperative that I should have them? I don't think so, really. Because I've got stuff I need to do. I've got stuff on the work front that I need to do. And I know damn well, if I get into, you know, a big domesticated relationship with somebody and then have kids, it's going to cut into it. You know, I've only got so much energy. I've only got so much time. I've only got so much bandwidth. And, you know, you need to think, what really is more important to me? Is it, is it going down the family route just because some trads on Twitter are telling me to? Or is it saying, well, actually, fuck that, because I want to do something even more important? And that may sound, I don't know, anti-humanist or sort of, uh, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, the, whether or not you end up having kids, this issue is going to come into play. Now, as I've said before, Henry Miller, the writer, had a daughter, I think, with his first wife. Then they split up and he got with a, a, a music hall dancer for a while. And they ran away to Paris together. And he left the daughter behind. Now, that is on the face of, you know, I mean, that is terribly um, not <laughs> cruel. I mean, that is not ideal parenting by any means to just bugger off with another woman and go, go to a different country and leave your, your offspring behind. But he wanted to be a writer. He wanted to be a writer so badly that he was willing to leave his family behind in the pursuit of his art. Now, I'm not saying that's a noble thing. But did he leave some great literature behind? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, Henry Miller is one of the greatest writers, the greatest prose writers of uh, the early twenty, early to mid-20th century, certainly in America. Now, was it worth it? <laughs> I don't know. Probably if your daughter, you, his, if you were his daughter, you'd probably have a different perspective. But fucking hell, he was a great artist. Now, in life, there are choices to be made. There are toss-ups as she said. And I'm not saying there's any perfect answer to this, but I think people remember Henry Miller because he wrote fucking great books. People don't remember Henry Miller because he had a daughter. Now, again, am I contradicting myself here? Because does it matter to Henry Miller now he's dead that he's remembered? No, it doesn't. But he's given something of himself in those books. He's given something of himself in that writing. And that even though he's dead, even though he doesn't know people are still talking about him, to me, that there's still something valuable about that. Now, is it more valuable than nurturing a child? People would say it isn't. I don't know. I'm on the fence. Those are some fucking great books, you know. Because all of this comes down to, really, people want to have an idea that their life is meaningful. People want to... They call it leaving a legacy, but I think it's... That's, that's one way of looking at it. But I think it's more fundamentally, I think it's just, I want my life to have some meaning. Some people will find that through offspring, you know, through having children. Other people will find it through art or through creating something. I am struggling to say that one is more valid than the other. And actually, it could be argued that the art is more valid. That's not going to win me loads of you know loads of new fans but i don't know let me know what you think i mean i'm i'm sure this can be counter argued very effectively so so let me know but you know anyway regardless it doesn't necessarily have to be a black or white choice but 
I don't think we should look down on people who are who choose to make different choices to us. And I also think that there's too much earnestness, there's too much seriousness. To me, and I, as I say, I'm in my 40s, man, so maybe I'm just really fucking immature. I probably am, actually. But for me, I just kind of feel like I just want to have fun. I just want to have a good time. I want to, I want to meet different people. I want to be social. I want to, you know, enjoy all the wonderful things that life has to give. I also want to do serious work, which is the writing. Now, why can't I have both of those things? And are those things going to be best served by me getting into, you know, a marriage with somebody and then taking on all this responsibility and this domesticity when I know for a fact that domesticity in particular is something that I'm not really keen on. Now, I'll tell you one person who's spoken about this in a way I could probably get on board with, funnily enough, is Andrew Tate. Now, Andrew's a great guy. He's very intelligent as well as being, um, you know, a, a fighter and, and everything else. He, he, you know, he's, um, he's, he's very playboyish. He's very playerish. And he's obviously been very successful in that regard. But he said something interesting on Twitter this week, which is that he would never get married. He wanted to have kids, but he would have them with multiple women. And he said something as well about fatherhood. Not You don't have to be there the whole time to be a great father. You can be there two days a week and you can still have a positive impact on your kids. Now, you may agree or disagree with that. I, you know, I probably don't know enough about the mechanics of parenting to, to make a informed decision. But what I would say is that to me seems like a very masculine way of looking at family. And yeah, you, you know, I, I could possibly get on with board with that because for me, what the, the real issue is not children. I mean, I love children. Children are great. It's not that. The real problem for me, well, firstly, I mean, the real problem really is domesticity and also having to, to pay for it all. But that's a, that's a bit more of a practical issue but domesticity is the thing that really scares me you know having to sitting there watching strictly come dancing going to ikea all of that shit you know i don't like any of that if i could get out of that or not be involved with that but i could you know go down the 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 you know the family route then yes maybe it would be something that i would look at but of course not not as easy to arrange as it is to uh you know to say it unless you've got as much money as Andrew Tate and you've got to find people who are willing to sign up for it and so on and others others would argue well you know you're you're letting down your children if you're not giving them a stable home and all of that so you know there's a lot of nuance there there's a lot of complexity not for this podcast because I need to finish but yeah you know there are different ways of looking at these things I just get annoyed with the trad posturing, the sort of the out, uh, to be a true alpha, you have to do, you know, you have to do this, you have to play with, you know, you have to play with a doll's house with your daughter to be a true alpha and all this, which to me just seems like bollocks. I think for me, being a true alpha is making the choices that you want to make and to hell with what anyone else thinks. So that's where I'll leave it. That's my message. Do what the hell you want. Don't worry about boring people who are trying to force you to make the same choices as they made. Have a good time, party on, it's Christmas, and have a fantastic Christmas. Thank you for all your support this year. We will speak again next week. Bye-bye.